I'm a narrow cat, no wide flows. African descent, that's why I got the wide nose. With my kinky hair and black skin, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's in the image of a god that is beautiful and whose infinite word is immutable. Welcome to another episode of HBCU, where we are healing brown communities unconditionally. You are here um, with your host, Akima. And you have Mikhail. Um, and guys, we're here trying to um, reach up to our highest potential. want to make sure that if you all are listening to the show and you want to talk to us outside of listening to the podcast, you can follow me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. And you can follow me at Mikhail, M-I-K-A-L, Halim, H-A-L-I-M, one word, underscore wellness. And that will be on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Sounds good. So listen, guys, we are so, so, guys and gals, I shouldn't say guys, I don't want to leave anybody out of that, but we are so, (laughs) hey, listen, we are so super excited about today's episode because this is the first of many that we will be talking about in reference to our unsung heroes. And so we have those in our community who, you know, sometimes they get their recognition and Honestly, sometimes they don't. I will say in this case, I feel like our first unsung hero has gotten his um, he's gotten his shine and he's also gotten his fair share of um, criticism. And so today we're super excited um, to be talking about Dr. Sabi, which is a name that I would say, I don't know, more people than not are aware of, especially in our communities. What would you say, Mikhail? Um, you know, when you go to places like um, beauty salons, I know for me, Dr. Sabi's name would come up often in the barbershop. And, you know, and regarding his unsung nature, um, as we see him in society, um, it's really because we really can't pinpoint <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of the information and, and actually verify what's true and what's false. So I would absolutely agree with that. Well, look, y'all, we're going to try to do our best today to not only um, really talk about some of the accomplishments of this man, but as Mikhail just mentioned, a lot of the things that are true. And I don't know. I don't know if we're going to talk about anything that's false today. Um, And I think Dr. Savi spent a lot of his time really trying to elevate truth. Um, For you all who don't know, he has transitioned, um, but he has left his mark on this world. And we are uh, super excited to talk about him today. So we would be remiss. Absolutely. We would be remiss to not delve in a little bit just to kind of say, well, what makes Dr. Sabi different from, you know, maybe the doctor that you're going to go see tomorrow or the one you saw earlier today? Well, I personally, I think because of some of the work that I do and the things that I um, have studied, talking a little bit about the difference between what you would hear as allopathic medicine versus holistic medicine. And the real short and quick answer with that is your allopathic medicine It's going to be like the doctors that we see, our primary care physicians or the cardiologists or the pulmonary doctor, you know, the the different specialties that exist, you know, what we would call Western medicine. And many times with Western medicine, you are focusing on, you have these symptoms, you receive a particular diagnosis, and it will come with either a medication to remedy those symptoms or it will come with some sort of surgery to also have an attempt to remedy these symptoms. It's not necessarily going to um, help to eradicate what may have initiated those symptoms, but in allopathic medicine, we're looking to kind of take care of those symptoms. Where when we approach things from a holistic medicine standpoint, we are looking um, 
I would say more so to eradicating where, you know, illness and disease started so that the body doesn't go into this um, cycle of like it got this disease and we kind of took care of the symptoms, never got to the root of the thing. And there's that potential for things to keep coming back up and keep coming back up. And um, specifically with allopathic, um, I interpret the allopathic as more so, like you said, the Western medicine. But it seems to me that the allopathic uh, route really examines individuals for whatever if they're feeling discomforts, um, you know, symptoms of disease, sickness, and so forth. Whereas the holistic, as you said, um, to me, it examines the environment. So you've got on one hand allopathic, which is pulling patient, pull the patient, pull the patient, versus holistic is like, okay, well, we've got a whole bunch of patients here. Let's examine the environment so that we can get to the root cause of what's going on here. Absolutely. And listen, if you're a doctor listening to this podcast, listen, thank you for the work that you do. And there was something that Mikhail just said that I just really wanted to repeat and to highlight, which is the focus on the patient. You know, a doctor is going to try to bring comfort you know, someone comes in, they're in pain and they're crying. Doctors want to remedy that and make sure people are not in pain and to fix them. And so this is not a, um, a shot at doctors or to um, negate that. But as we go in talking about Dr. Sabi, we're going to take it a step further than just resolving this symptom and this pain that may be manifesting on the surface and kind of looking at some of the work that he focused on. So in the name of that, um, one of the first things that when I think about Dr. Sabi is that he had, you know, a question pops up and Makai, I want to hear your thoughts, but do you think that, um, not do you think, um, because I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but Dr. <laughs> Dr. Sabi had this thought that there was a cure for all disease. Um, and so what would be, I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. Like that was something that he thought, and I have my own personal thoughts towards that, that I will share as well. Well, yeah, because Dr. Sam, you know, when we find ourselves talking about him, it's almost like he's this mythological being <laughs> that, you know, came and walked the earth and, you know, and he found sick people and he just like sprinkled this holistic pixie dust on everyone. And um, you'll find that the, uh, the allopathic community has um, questioned um, exactly how he implements his, his, his medicine and those kind of things. But um, in my experience, and I mean, just looking at YouTube, I haven't gone to any specific school or taken any trainings on, on his approach to medicine. Um, but it does appear that much of the controversy surrounding him was in the validity of the medicines. And um, I'm sure that you can speak to more so of the herbal uh, treatments that he would investigate when dealing with his patients. Um, and I would just throw out, a, you know, he had a very high profile case in New York City um, in the late 1980s in which um, we were talking about a condition, or as we know, as HIV or AIDS. And um, whether or not that could actually be cured and the conversation at some point almost with, from the Dr. Sabi end, it breaking down just the viral construction of what that is. And um, maybe you can um, help me fill in with the minerals and the, uh, and the herbs and on that side where I'm a little. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, I want to even go back a step further. I definitely, we're going to talk about these herbs and we're going to talk about, you know, the relationship really between our bodies and plants is what, you know, he 
preached and spoke to, but he himself had several diagnoses. So while he was still living and before he had got into really learning about the body and about plants and about modifying his diet to heal himself, he had been diagnosed with asthma and diabetes, and he even dealt with impotency. So fellas, if you're listening, um, he dealt with impotency um, and dealt with like It was past tense before he passed away. And he also um, was obese. And honestly, looking at all of that, the one that stood out to me the most was the obesity. Because if you've ever seen a photo, I never had the opportunity to hear him um, like in person and to see him with my own eyes. I've only ever seen him via video or on a photograph. You would not use the word obesity to describe uh, Dr. Sabi's physique. And so you have to wonder like what, with someone who's obese and we're talking about um, having a content of fat on your person versus what we know to be true about Dr. Sabi. Um, that actually got me the most. Cause I was like, man, he was able to do that. And then of course we know, and let me just, I'm going I'm to I'm make a hard left and come back to our topic. Um, this is not a shout out against, you know, if we're obese, can we be healthy? And thin only always defines healthy. This That's not, I actually don't subscribe to that either. Um, however, the fact that he dealt with obesity that led to a lot of his health issues and he was able to remedy all of those things. And so when you, even with something like diabetes, and I will tell you, I know individuals who have suffered with type two diabetes and have been able to reverse it. And so like these things are reversible. You don't have to live with them. And so going back to this AIDS case, like, is AIDS curable and reversible? I mean, and he had this, is, why is it controversial? It's controversial because people think that just because something is common, that it's normal. And so something becomes controversial because whenever you push against any sort of norm, then there's a problem and now it's controversy. But what's controversial about healing someone? Um, it's funny even in my own work and in my own practice, I always use this example. So any of my clients listening to listening to this, shout out to you all. But I always talk to them about when we put a Band-Aid on our hand. And y'all can't see me, but I'm touching my hand right now. And it's like when you cut yourself, you have an expectation of healing. You do not think that if you cut yourself and put a Band-Aid on your hand, that in three days, five days, seven days, that that cut is going to look the exact same way that it did when you first initially cut it. But there's something ingrained in our minds that because we can't see what's happening inside of our person and inside of our bodies, that if something is now injured or hurt or wounded, there isn't, we can't do nothing about it. Like, ain't no, ain't no way. And so for me, like, I love Dr. Sabi's bent towards healing because it, it aligns with my own bent towards healing. And I will tell everyone listening to this podcast that I myself, um, when I was in my 20s, had gotten um, high blood pressure and I was able to reverse my high blood pressure um, through diet, through exercise, through um, adopting a plant-based uh, intake. And so I have a bent towards healing and I don't think his case was controversial, but again, because it went against the norm, controversy. And I'm like, really? How is healing controversial? So, And, you know, just if we could just go back to that HIV and AIDS thing, just a little brief history of why, you know, even the word disease, we break that down into two words. We find dis-ease taking place inside of the body. Um, But, you know, something conceptually such as HIV and AIDS was I'm not going to go into whether it was engineered, but now that the manifestation has is here and we that's occurred, um, 
you know, it's been pushed as, as a disease that's going to have a finite ending to whether it's going to be your life, your livelihood, the way you can engage with people, um, your social circles and all those kind of things. So for him to have gone as far as he did at the time he did with his research in medicine and working with people, you know, in 1988, 89, when he was doing this, um, when he was practicing medicine with HIV and AIDS patients, I mean, AIDS was a death sentence. And, you know, we were really young at that time. But I mean, if you hold on, had, hold on. I'm, I'm still young. Sorry. I don't know. What no. I'm still young, y'all. <laughs> you, know, you guys can't see the gray in this beard. Um, <laughs> but we, we, we the same age, just in, in case anybody ever wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, when we were young, I remember and there was a case of there was a young man named Ryan White. Mm-hmm. And I remember because Michael Jackson. Um, was literally at his bedside when he passed away. And I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. And that was kind of my introduction to the, the devastation of HIV and AIDS. So even as we were kids, you know, we were brought up in this culture that, you know, if you get this, contract this virus or this disease, you're done. And then, you know, fifth grade, Magic Johnson, NBA player, you know, he's one of the greatest NBA players of all time. So anyway, without me going too far on that end, um, the controversy with Dr. Sebi came because he had a completely different approach to, and, like, and you mentioned, you know, what is this thing doing on the inside of our bodies? What is it doing inside the cells? Um, they say that it kills white blood cells and our ability um, for our immune system to fight and ward off other infections and things of that nature. Um, and for him to have done something like that and to have been so bold, um, to have done that, and I believe, I don't want to miss. Quarter, uh, I think it was 1989, 88 or 89, um, within that range. And again, um, it was natural. It was almost natural at that point for everyone to consider AIDS being the end of someone's life at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I appreciate I'm just glad that he stuck with it. I'm glad. Because one of the things that controversy does, not to come off with Dr. Sabi, controversy brings attention to a matter. And so for me, sometimes it's nice that people actually, you know, disagreed with him or with others because how something can get traction tends to be opposing forces. Like, yeah, I'm with him. No, I don't believe in that. Either way, it brought publicity and so many people like today in, you know, the 2020s are able to um, benefit from his work. So again, that makes him a hero in my eyes because he was able to withstand the naysayers who would come against, you know, some of the things that he preached. So talk a little bit, not just like with his, with herbs, but really you know, I'm a firm, firm believer um, that plants have been given to us to heal and to sustain our bodies. That is just something that I will preach until my last breath. And it's a way that our bodies interact with plants. So whether you are eating them, whether you are breathing them, whether you are applying them to your person, like they heal us, you know, you, oh, you had so many plants that 
this happened to you? Like, uh, not so much as you may hear other foods that we may intake. And I don't want to start listing them because then you can be like, oh no, did I eat that today? This is not to, um, <laughs> this is not to come against anyone's intake. But when you're thinking about, man, how can I do better by this body? Listen, we all have access to plants because if you're eating, you always have that option to make a choice. And so of course, when he's looking at herbs and that was going back to some of the, um, diseases that had attacked his body before he healed them, he himself found an herbalist to work with. Um, I believe the gentleman was in uh, Mexico. And then once he healed himself, so he was actually a product of the things that he was preaching, not just, oh, I heard. And I'm not saying that you can't, you know, a lawyer may never have a case against them and they can be a great lawyer, but how much greater was it that he actually was his own testimony and then began to put this work into other people? I just think that that added a lot more depth to it. And so super awesome. So he definitely focused on um, definitely different herbs. And I know you can like look online and see what they are. And some people are still selling things in the name of um, Dr. Sabi. I believe there's only one official website um, and I don't know it, so I'm not going to uh, link it. But what I do want to go into a little bit, Mikhail, is talking a little bit about some of the um, other things that he highlighted. Um, definitely um, the food. So we've heard of this term alkaline diet. And I get excited when I hear so many people um, talking about like, yeah, I want to eat an alkaline diet. You know, some people may not even give uh, Dr. Sabi credit. And part of me is like, you know what, that's fine. Because maybe down the line, you'll get educated or down the line, maybe you'll hear this podcast and you'll be able to see where some of that terminology came from. But there's so many benefits to um, eating an alkaline diet because there is a maintenance that needs to happen in our gut. So if we've ever heard the term and the thought process that all disease starts in the gut, um, it does because there's a defense mechanism between keeping good bacteria, bad bacteria, and keeping that balance. And so acidity will um, encourage that bad bacteria to grow and to fester. And then it makes us more susceptible to disease where that good bacteria, because you actually do want good bacteria in your gut for many reasons, um, we want that. And then it's going to make us more um, adept to deal with disease when we may come into contact with it. Absolutely. And um, for him, it was, for, for him, for me, excuse me, when on that point that you were just making, um, that settled for me and it started to conceptualize. So, you know, all this myth, Sabi's healing and this. And then I started watching his presentations because I wanted to hear, I'm huge on evidence, you know, after the conversation, we've got a good conversation. I've got to go and touch the water myself. And so in looking at Dr. Savy. Hold on. Are we about to both start an alkaline diet? Is that what I'm hearing? You, look, you know, I've been considering it, Akima. And um, I think that we're just going to have to figure this thing out moving forward. Because so we're going to have seems... to do a part two. I, I think Tom and I. <laughs> and now listen, before we are done with this episode today, we are going to go over the foods. So let me make sure that he and I can commit to the foods on this alkaline diet. And then we'll let y'all know if we're going to still do it. <laughs> And um, you mentioned some good points, gut health. Gut health is, um, again, it, it's where everything starts because what we put in our bodies, um, it travels through a digestive system. And, um, you know, it, the system works just like any other system. It's got components and parts that work together. Nothing works mutually exclusive of the other. 
And um, once I'm the sorry, food... can you run that back? Run that back. That uh, I, I think they need to hear that one more time. Nothing works. What? Nothing, and I repeat, nothing, people, works mutually exclusive within the human body. Um, just to touch. I'm a science teacher for you guys who are just hearing me for the first time, or some of you all may know me, but um, I've taught anatomy, anatomy and physiology, and we are an organism. We are an organism. Um, we've got numerous systems, endocrine system, respiratory system, this system, that system, um, but they do not function in isolation of one another. And um, as a kid, I used to watch Voltron, me and my brother. <laughs> Anybody who remembers Voltron, this is like... He's telling eight. his age. Now I'm really telling my age. And <laughs> but, you know, Voltron was so, it was so cool because the individual parts, and I guess to kind of modernize it, Power Rangers kind of played off of, of Voltron, where you've got a pink ranger, a, you know, blue ranger, red ranger, white ranger. Voltron was set up the same way and they would they were powerful individually don't get me wrong they would go out and they would take care of their business the same way that your respiratory system helps regulate breathing and all of those kind of details um but my point is they would come together they all came together and when these parts as individuals came together they formed the most powerful force and i mean you know in cartoon world, whatever that enemy was. I mean, it, it, it couldn't stand a chance. And if we thought about disease as that enemy and your body as those individual pieces of, of the Voltron or the Power Rangers, and they come together and think about what they do. Now, um, going back to that point on gut health, when we put foods and beverages into our system, you know, what happens? Nakima, you said a word that was very interesting, acid. What is, what is acid? How is acid formed um, when it gets into our stomachs? And the two words that Dr. Sabi, um, I saw using, and he would write on the board often, he would write down blood and he would write down mucus. Come on, we got to talk about this of, mucus. <laughs> and he kept saying that, you know, all of these diseases, disease, came from blood and mucus and how our bodies was did not have the ability to a identify what it was b find somewhere for it to go and ultimately c turn it into usable constructive energy that goes into our bloodstream and you know our bloodstream people you've got to think if you look at your hand right now you know there's you can see the blood if if you look at your toe you know, well, look, I want everybody to look at their hand because he got me looking at my hand right now. I want y'all to look at your hand, see that. You blood. can literally, I mean, unless I'm from another planet, like I can see, you know, of course I'm not bleeding. I'm not saying it like that, but you can see that there's a system of blood flow that is, is, is continuing and you feel it in your heart pumping. So when you've got things that are in your gut that are going to, they're going to go to your foot, they're going to travel through your arteries. They're going to travel through your cells. They're going to end up in your brain. Speaking of uh, Dr. Sebi getting healed uh, in Mexico by that gentleman, um, I remember Dr. Sebi telling that story. Um, he felt the mucus literally pouring off of his brain when these herbs uh, that this, this gentleman gave him in Mexico began to, I mean, he said he felt it. I mean, this is, <laughs> but um, gut health, the, the, um, what was that? The mucus and the mucus. 
mucus, um, it holds. We just think about mucus and what it does. Mucus holds on to things. It's not too much stuff that's going to get past mucus. So just think, if something that's not supposed to be, let me not say not supposed to be, that's non-constructive for your health, ends up trapped in mucus, what is that going to do to your ability to function and sustain um, a healthy lifestyle? Well, I can tell you one thing it's going to do for you. It's going to prohibit your body's ability to absorb the nutrients that you're consuming. And so anyone who has um, followed this alkaline diet, um, you know, one of the main things that will happen is that you will see things coming from your person that you didn't realize were inside of you. And I'm trying to say that in the not so Ugh, gross I don't know way if ready. Possible. I don't know if they're ready. Keep no, it they, light. They're not, they're not ready. But those of you all who have done it, I've heard that as a huge testimony. So the body builds mucus as a defense mechanism. And so when I hear people say like, you know, I just, I can't get rid of this mucus. I'm like, well, what you eating? Because <laughs> it's like the body is realizing that there is some sort of infectious, something is present. And a lot of times you can um, stop the body's, um, uh, process, I should say, you can stop the body's process of developing um, that mucus when you're changing your diet, like that is that can go hand in hand. But just know that if you start eating like Dr. Sabi recommended, and you start to eat this alkaline diet, and we're going to talk a little bit about the foods here in one moment, um, you are going to see what's been locked up in that mucus. And so I'm going to leave it at that. And we do not want to see any pictures. Um, we just want y'all to do it. <laughs> we want y'all to live y'all best healthy life, but we don't want to see it. Okay. Um, let me talk a little bit about some of the foods. And honestly, it's funny when I hear people like, I don't know, I don't know if I can change my diet. And I'm like, well, you know, if we want to avoid illness and disease, like I'm going to need y'all to get with it. So some of the foods that are included in his alkaline diet that he talked about, definitely vegetables to include things like avocado and kale and bell peppers, uh, wild arugula, uh, there are fruits, including apples, bananas, dates, um, Seville oranges, uh, grains, including rye, wild rice, spelt, and quinoa. I will tell you that he also suggested avoiding some foods, and we're going to talk about those real quick. Um, things like canned fruits and vegetables, seedless fruit. And listen, we could do a whole episode. How they grow in a fruit and ain't got no seeds, okay? Um, I mean, really. That was you going to... <laughs> no, I was just, you know, just, I just don't understand. I'm not even going to venture off, but think about what you just said. Where is a fruit coming from that doesn't have seed anyway? I don't know. I want y'all to know while we've been recording, I've been sitting here eating some seeded watermelon, okay? And I don't want your seedless watermelon. Um, he was he recommended staying away from things like eggs, like dairy. I'm going to come back to dairy in one moment. Fish, red meat, poultry, and soy products. I will tell you guys, one of the biggest culprits of mucus, y'all, is that dairy. So if you're trying to figure out what on this list, where do I start? Because I know sometimes it can feel like a big deal. I'm like, yeah, Dr. Sabi has all these things that we need to do. We want to heal um, we want to heal these things in our body, but this feels overwhelming. If I can make a recommendation, please start with the dairy because there's so much bacteria in dairy, your cheeses, y'all, your milks, your yogurt, there's so much bacteria. And what happens is the body is going to develop more mucus to deal with that bacteria. And so you're eating it, the body's developing it. You're eating it, the body's developing it. And it's like there's this cycle. And after a while, that mucus is going to start to build and lock up in other areas, like Mikhail said. 
And, um, you know, I can actually be a testimony to that. I had hay fever and I said had. I want to be very clear with that, H-A-D, because we're talking about restoration here and, and healing and getting to the source of things. Um, and I mean, I was that kid in, in elementary school with the, the wet paper towel on one eye. I mean, I got the box of tissue sitting next to me. I'm snotting and sneezing and doing all this kind of carrying on. But this went into adulthood. And what Akeem is saying here, guys, I loved milk. Oh, boy, I love that cow's milk. And I mean, I could eat bowls of cereal in the morning, afternoon, in, at nighttime. I mean, sometimes if I was thirsty, I remember, this almost like makes me cringe, <laughs> I would go to the refrigerator and quench my thirst with a cold glass of milk. Like, oh, boy. But it wasn't until, I believe it was 2015, that this, that's around the time where I came into Dr. Sabi's lectures and all those kind of things. That, and it was Dr. Sabi, I can give him that credit, who encouraged me to stop drinking milk and consuming the dairy. And let me tell you, Kima, Within, I would say, a year and a half, I was probably 75% free of all of the symptoms of what I would consider allergies and eczema. How about, listen, listen, and that eczema, that's going to be, we're going to do it. Well, I think what we'll do at some point is we'll do a whole episode talking about skincare from the inside out. Cause I can, I could talk about that. Um, we do want to thank you guys for listening to this episode today. Um, Dr. Sabi is someone that um, McCall and I, I'm going to, you know, say that we would both recommend that you do some research on your own and honestly, any of our episodes do research of your own. And then you apply the principles after you commit these things to heart and mind. Um, but, take some time to learn about how the foods you're eating, how the herbs, supplements, all these different things can play into sustaining and also into healing. I'm not afraid to say that you can heal your body from different things. And so um, we want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of HBCU. And until next time, peace out, y'all. Peace and love. Not doing this here to insult ya. Want you to see he's the god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now I live inside of me. I did this song here to invoke ya. All to see that he is a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now I live inside of me. Not doing this here to insult ya. Want you to see he's a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now I live inside of me. I did this song here to invoke ya all to see that he is a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel. Now I live inside of me.